Hey everyone, here again for another episode of Time Spot on the Beat with me, Farah Azhari. And joining me today, I have a very, very special guest and a very, very beautiful lady. Her name is Solin Al-Zubi and she's with uh, the Football Association of Malaysia. And currently, we're entrusting her to basically develop our women's football from the ground up. So it's nice to have you here today, Solin. How are you? Good. Thank you, Farah. Nice to be here with you as well. Hold on. How long have you been in the country? Um... Two months and a half, so almost, you, almost three months. Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, enjoying my work. <laughs> You're enjoying your work? Have yeah. you seen much? Uh, have I seen much? Like, of of uh, like the city, of the country? Not yet. I used the scouting thing to see more <laughs> of the ah, country. So you're traveling through work. <laughs> yeah, <Smart>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, smart. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, without further ado, can we go on with the first question? Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Always yeah? ready. Okay, yeah. so first of all, uh, for those who don't know you or mm. your background personally, uh, maybe you can just tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into football and how far has football taken you in life? Mm. Um, well, it, I think football for me started at a very young age. When I was young, I used to watch a cartoon series called Captain Tsubasa, if you know him. Captain Tsubasa. <laughs> yeah, okay. Captain Tsubasa. I'll, I'll YouTube him. <laughs> yeah, you have to. So um, at that time, I fell in love with this game. I felt I belonged to this game. So when I started to play with my brothers in the mm-hmm. streets, in the neighborhoods, I, I, I just loved this game, but I couldn't play anywhere because it, at that time it was not for girls. It was like for boys. Okay. But I used to play with boys. Even in my school teams, I used to play with the boys teams um, until we had uh, like some clubs. They had uh, women's football. So I got selected to uh, join one of these clubs um, until in 2005, uh, we officially um, formed a national team of Jordan. Okay. So I was selected to represent the national team team at that time um, so almost I played for 15 years at a professional level uh, and then after a graduation from the university I started getting involved more in football like I started uh, taking coaching certificate because I wanted to work in football my study was something else it's, it was a medical analysis but I wanted to be involved more in football so I started coaching um, different teams like boys teams girls teams from schools clubs academies then I established uh, my own academy and it was like the first academy in Jordan to have a girls team. It was mixed gender but for girls team it was the first academy in Jordan and then I joined the Jordan FA in 2014 to be the team manager of the under 17 uh, girls national team because at that time we uh, were going to host the under 17 FIFA World Cup in Jordan in 2016. After that I was promoted to head the women's department and to assist the technical director also for men's teams so at that time I was confused because my experience is more technical and administration okay so I was doing everything like the administration side and the technical side yeah yeah and then I coached the senior national team when we participated in the AFC Asian Cup in 2018 at the same time I joined the AFC as a women's football committee member and I worked with FIFA as FIFA technical expert and just right before I come here I established uh, the first uh, NGO that empowers uh, girls through football and now I'm here so basically uh, football has taken my life (laughs) so I think the question on my mind will be what haven't you done in football? yeah 
Nothing <laughs> <laughs> Exactly Okay so no, Didn't qualify to the World Cup Personally as a player What was my lifetime dream To qualify for the World Cup With the team Okay But didn't But I hope that I helped Some teams to qualify For the World Cup And hopefully with Malaysia Okay so you got into the sport Because of a cartoon And yeah. then you played with your brothers How did your parents see this? Were they supportive of this? Or? No, at the beginning they was not supportive because I was the only girl to three boys in the family. Okay. So my mother, she wanted to see a girl. <laughs> she wanted to see a girl. Okay. <laughs> not someone who plays football. So at the beginning they didn't support, but when when they saw that it's getting serious, and um, I travel to represent the country, and then I shake hands with the president because the president of Jordan FA, he's uh, from the royal family. He's the crown prince. Okay. So when they see this in the newspaper, they was proud. Oh, okay, my daughter, she's my daughter. Then they started to accept this because my family is not close-minded, but they had their own perspective that they wanted to see their girl doing girly things. Okay, so basically when you appeared in the media, only then they claimed you as their daughter. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Very interesting. Okay, Good Um, one. (laughs) Okay, so Solene, so you're from Jordan. If you're here right now in Malaysia, uh, the NGO that you basically set up and all that, how is it running and... How's it going? Uh, okay, for the NGO, I'm the co-founder and the president. Uh, but I have a team, like a small team of empowered female, passionate female who wants to work on football. So I have a team of uh, four females. They are running uh, um, the NGO. What I do now, what I can do is to find grants to mm-hmm. uh, for this NGO. Yep. So I can manage from distance because I have a team that I trust and uh, they're doing really well. Okay, I'm yeah. just curious. Your medical analysis... <laughs> studies yeah. how did that come about that's the, that's the thing when i told you that my family was not supportive not for football but for sports in general because okay. at that time we didn't know what sports can do as for as female, a you for mean. female and as a professional career all right does it get money do you do you make money out of mm-hmm. it how many can you do out the, of the it? typical mentality exactly yeah. so at that time they didn't believe that it can get something so they didn't allow me to study sports mm-hmm. they told me it's a hobby now but you have to study something that can make you money. So oh. that's why when I graduate, I started coaching to prove them that I can get money out of coaching. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I was coaching like five teams in the, at the same period. Wow. <laughs> Just to get more money. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Five teams all at once. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. okay. That's impressive. Okay, um, my second question to you will be, what were some of the first impressions on Malaysian women's football? And what actually enticed you to take up the role here? Um, actually, when I arrived here, I watched some few matches for girls playing. And I saw the desire of many girls. They like to play football. Not only the girls who want to play football, also for women who want to be part of football. Okay. Even for voluntary things. They have this desire. And to be honest, I was impressed of the level of acceptance of girls playing football compared to Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was shocked. Like, all the girls can play and even for uh, in the comments I didn't see any negative comments towards uh, girls playing football okay. most of the comments I saw on Facebook or they just criticized the results the performance but not as um, girls to play football but however in Jordan we used to have these kind of comments girls should be in the kitchen not ah, in the field okay. so yeah. this was nice here that I didn't see mm-hmm. and uh, what makes me accept this job 
I think it's the phone call I had with Dato President uh, Hamidin okay. because I felt how serious he was to develop women's football. And I understand if the decision maker is serious about something, he can do something and he can change. Mm-hmm. So that excites me to take this role. Plus, for my own self-development, and I wanted to take up this challenge because I have done many things in my country. So now I want to do different things in another country, especially building women's football. Mm-hmm. So if, if you give me the options to go in England, for example, yep. or Malaysia, I would also choose here because I want to build something. I want to change girls' lives. How, actually, I'm just curious, um, how did Dato Hamidin actually get hold of you or get to know about you? Um, it was through the technical director of FAM, uh, Mr. Scott. Scott, okay. Uh, I met Scott in 2019 in a FIFA workshop in Qatar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just met him for five days in a workshop. And after that, he was following me on LinkedIn. Uh, at the end of 2022, he just sent me that we're looking for a female to take this position. So what do you think? So I just shared my CV. Then he said, do you mind if the president talked to you? And then the president talked to me. And Well, five days was enough to make an impression on Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next one. There's been plenty of disappointment surrounding women's football in the country, with the latest being a controversial decision not to send the team for the 2022 Hanoi Sea Games. Mm. And then uh, how does FAM plan to turn this around? Because... I know that recently as well, um, it was announced that we're not going to play in the Olympic qualifiers as well. Yeah. So that kind of took a negative kind of tone to it. So For, for the SEA Games 2020, first of all, I want to share something. Yeah, <laughs> share yeah, my sure, feeling. sure. Go for it, go for it. <laughs> if we're talking about disappointment, I'm disappointed how people look at women's football. Because in terms of results and participation, always comparable to men. But in terms of supporting and giving it what we really give to men, it's not the same. So how do you ask to perform like men and to get results like men while you're not supporting us or not giving us true, what you true. really give to men? So back to your question in 2022, it was just right after COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was normal for many teams not to participate in uh, official competitions. Uh, in the AFC, because I'm in the AFC committee, we received so many withdrawal from teams not to participate in, in the AFC competitions because mm-hmm. of COVID mm-hmm. and the teams were not ready. So it's it It was normal practice for countries not to send their teams, especially those who are not ready. And we know that uh, there are no leagues, so the teams were not ready to participate. And uh, I think then uh, FM reacted very well and very soon. They organized LWN and then PTSR and then they appointed me uh, just to turn around this negative yeah, yeah. Uh, image. So I think no, it, it was normal thing, normal practice for not sending a team at that time and they are doing well now and changing this image okay so yeah. for the olympic qualifiers what was the mindset for the behind that qualifiers to be honest it was my recommendation okay not to participate in the olympic qualifiers because first when i arrived here i wanted to make sure that we have the best players who represent the country mm-hmm. and to perform well as well mm-hmm. uh, i didn't have time to select or to build a new team and, and to select new players okay. because I needed more time to see more players. Uh, this is one thing. Uh, the second thing, we all know that the Olympic qualifiers is really hard to qualify for the Olympic Games yes. because there is only two teams from each confederation can qualify to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And in the presence of um, Australia, Japan, Korea, we, ha- we know that we have zero chance to qualify now. 
Okay. No, we have zero chance. So why to pay like $100,000 to participate while we know we cannot do it and we have the opportunity to invest this amount in something else that can make us more prepared in the future. Okay. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted just to invest this money somewhere else and not to participate. So you're thinking long term? Of course, definitely. I have mm. to think long term because if we keep thinking in the short term, we will not get anywhere. We will we'll keep having the same results we used to have. So if we want to change, we have to change. Even if people doesn't like it, like the ideas, but they really don't understand what's behind these ideas. Yeah. 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 Uh that's basically why I wanted that explanation from you because yeah. I think so far um you know people have made their own assumptions about why we're not yeah. sending a team yeah. and uh nowadays with the existence of social media I think yeah. everyone's just more like oh I think they don't want the backlash that they can get from netizens. Yeah, of course it's something uh, the backlash but when we send a team what people will start talking oh we're investing money we're spending money we're wasting money to send a team then we um uh, no we results. get uh, like well, the, the bad yeah. results so no okay give me this money i will put it somewhere else where we benefit not 25 players the national team players we can benefit 250 players with okay. the clubs for example if we invest in the clubs yeah. so yeah we can put this money somewhere else for now Okay, true, true, true. Yeah, I I get that. Um, so what are some of the immediate steps that's being taken right now to help women's football as a whole? For FAM, I think the immediate step that was appointing me as an experienced okay. one to yep. rebuild and reform the women's football. Um, for me, the immediate steps that I had taken, it was because it was required, not mm-hmm. because I planned for it. It was required because when I arrived here, we didn't have uh, under-17 and under-20 national teams. Okay. And we have the AFC qualifiers coming soon. For mm-hmm. the under-20, we have it in March and for the under-17 in April. Um, so the first thing I had to do to scout some players and to form new national teams, under-17, under-20. And now we are uh, also planning to do the seniors tryout okay. to form the uh, senior national team and to get ready for the sea games so these are the immediate action i was required to do because we don't have time okay so this one is you basically acting as the technical director for the women's football you department can say right that. yeah you can yeah, say okay that. so your first task as the women's national team coach what would yeah. that be as you said just now you mentioned that you guys are doing some scouting and going to yes. do some yes. tryouts and yes, such yes. um is there like a grand plan for it maybe to just travel the country and find these players or yes we already we already did some uh, festivals and uh, when the month i arrived we did a festival in kl then we went to pinning then we did in sabah and then now we're planning to go to sarawak and johor uh, to find more players and now um, uh, i'm watching the fas league mm-hmm. uh, we already have list of names okay um like almost 40 to 50 names uh, so we need to do tryouts because we are allowed to take 20 players for okay. the SEA Games. Uh, so after the tryouts, we will call up the players who were selected mm-hmm. and we will start the preparation on 26th of March until the SEA Games and the 2nd of May. Uh, uh, speaking about the FAS uh, Super League for Women the other day, um, do you feel like more clubs should do something like this to have an initiative like this? More states FA, you mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely all of them. And this is in one of our plans, how to encourage the States FA to organize leagues for women. Mm-hmm. It's very important because without leagues, you first you, you are not giving opportunity for women to play football uh, in the States. Uh, without having also the players play matches, competitive matches, we will not find good players for the national teams. 
So definitely we will encourage more sets FA to organize because what Slangur FA is doing is really, really great. And also the media coverage and all of things they are doing, mm-hmm. it's great to promote women's football. So we need more stakeholders like this to promote women's football and to encourage more women to play. Okay. Uh, during your tenure here in Malaysia and under the FAM, what do you intend to achieve? And what are some of the targets that you have set out for women's football? Um, definitely the priority now is I tend to achieve um, the vision of FAM um, in regards to women's football. Uh, for me personally, when I arrived here, I cannot work alone. I want to see what FM direction in terms of women's football, what they want to achieve. So okay. I work on that mm-hmm. because I respect what they want. Yeah. Uh, and I respect the culture and I know there are some challenges we cannot overcome in short time. We need a time. Uh, so for FAM now, their vision is um, to promote women's football to increase the number of um, women who plays football okay. and uh, to be ranked among the top teams in Asia. Okay. Uh, so this is our long-term plan. But for how we're going to reach that, of course, there are some areas we need to focus on. For example, the four areas that now I'm setting targets for is the high-performance player pathway, Uh, grassroots and elite football Mm -hmm. for example for elite football we need to professionalize the game we need to make sure that our national team they are treated professionally they have uh, full uh, full staff full staff members the girls they uh, understand what is their role and how to represent the country in our manner and of course to create uh, identity in terms of technical side of of the game Uh, because at the end the national teams, they give the picture of women's football. Mm -hmm. So if they do well and they perform well, everyone will start supporting women's football. And in terms of elite pathway or player pathway, definitely we need to create a well-structured pathway, not to lose girls, because we want to make sure that the girls play since grassroots until they reach the professional level. So this is also one of the targets. Another thing is the grassroots, because we know in the schools, um, most of the schools, they don't have girls' football. Mm-hmm. And I think the easiest access for girls is to play through their schools. So now we want to cooperate with the Ministry of Education and Ministry of Youth and Sports uh, to implement some ideas and some programs to deliver easy access for the girls to play football. So these areas, we now we have targets and we should work on to reach our vision. Okay, uh, just a question adding on from that one. Yeah. Is, um, is there a database for all these players? Or when you came in, there was none mm, of this sort? None of this, there were database. The only database we had is um, the last LWN, mm-hmm. uh, where we had some clubs participated in the LWN and PTSR. So most of them are senior players or below 18. But for all the players who play football, no, definitely. No. Okay, no, no. but you're, you're studying something on yeah, that track? Definitely, yeah. Okay, going by the previous answer, um, would you say that, that uh, the vision of FAM yeah. and what you're trying to help them to achieve would be the legacy that you would want to leave behind once, say, you decide to leave Malaysia? Yeah. Of course, the legacy is something else. For me, the legacy is something you leave to make sure that this program will stay sustainable. For me, the legacy I want to leave, first of all, to have more female leaders and decision makers in women's football. Mm -hmm. Because I believe those who are the ones who cares about the game and they can change. For example, now when I first arrive, I'm trying to delegate whatever Mm -hmm. knowledge, uh, work I do to delegate because 
once I leave, I want someone to continue what I'm doing, not just to stop and to get back from the, the, the beginning. Yeah. So this is the most important thing. And the easy access for the game is very important because I think, as I told you, there are many girls who want to play football, yeah. but they don't have the access to this game. Mm-hmm. So this is another important thing because at the end, you need player. You cannot mm. plan or do anything yeah. without having yeah. a number of players. So these are the important things for me to leave behind after I go. And then I'm sure if we have these things in place, then we will have strong national team, strong leagues. And also strong league is one of the most important areas that we're now focusing on to create a strong uh, league for longer duration. How long do you think that would take realistically? To establish a league? Yeah. In June. In June? Yeah. No, I mean to make it like sustainable, uh, to have continuity and such. Uh, you mean for the league, for the clubs and the league or yeah. for all programs? For all programs. For all programs. Definitely it takes, the sustainability doesn't require time, but it's also require resources and financial resources. Yeah. So as long as we have sustainable financial resources, we can guarantee that it will run. But the financial resources is not only about sponsors. Because we cannot like every year to look for new sponsors or find new sponsors. I think we need to teach the clubs and states FA and whoever is involved how to make their own sustainability in uh, income generation. Mm -hmm. We need to educate them more how to fund their teams, their programs. So if we reach that point, we then we can make sure that this program will be sustainable. It takes a bit of time, but... If we do it the right way, we can make sure that uh, it will be long sustainability programs. Okay. All right. That was very insightful. But uh, before we wrap up, any final words from you? Any final word from me? I have lots. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for me, um, for anybody who is listening to us right now, I want to tell them just be patient um, on women's football because great things take time. Uh, and if we if we want to achieve things, we need to trust the process and to support the journey, to support the journey of the players, of the programs, of FM's plans. So we need to support this journey, whether um, media, fans, um, stakeholders, mm-hmm. supporters. So, yeah. And for any girl who wants to play football and she doesn't find any place, I would tell her, don't give up. Um, she has to chase her dream because I believe that football changed lives okay great fantastic okay uh, that was uh, oh, that was even better than the closing that I had in mind anyway <laughs> <laughs> fantastic final words from uh, Solina. I hope you guys gained some valuable insight into women's football and how it actually works and brain thought processes and such so I mean before you guys want to criticise something just you know uh, hear Solina out uh, and then maybe just listen and re-listen to whatever Solina has to say just now because it was very, very, very valuable. Thank you so much, Solin, for joining us. Thank you so us. much, Clara. All right, so that wraps up this episode of uh, Timespot on the Beat. But you can listen to us on Audio Plus, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>